So this morning I'm going to minister the last in the series uh, that we've been doing now for a while. I'm going to try to at least do one devotional this week to try to get back on uh, track here. But with Pastor, he'll be doing every day and I'll try to do Thursday. But we've been talking about and Pastor's been talking about knowing who you are in Christ. Who are you in Christ? And I'm going to do something a little different today. I feel like the Lord dropped something in my spirit it's going to sound a little weird at the beginning, but I think you'll know where I'm going with this at, you know, as we get towards the end. But I want to talk to you about being a warrior for Christ. Uh, if you go to the next slide, say that with me. I am a warrior for Christ. I, I love this one. It says, keep calm and be a warrior for Christ. And you, some of you don't know what that means, but uh, it's two-way stuff. But anyway, uh, but keep calm and be a warrior for Christ. And so, about three weeks ago, I was studying and I was reading the next slide, and the Lord dropped something in my spirit. And I let me, I, I know I shouldn't have to always preface this, but what I'm about ready to say, what I felt like the Lord was very clear to me about, I don't want you to, because we're going to go there and talk about the authority of God, in any way to make you afraid, bring fear, to bring trepidation, anything like that. But sometimes if we look at the prophets in the Bible and we see that when they heard a word from the Lord, sometimes the word from the Lord, if you immediately hear it, it could bring a little bit of concern, right? And so one of the things the Lord dropped in my spirit about three weeks ago is this simple word, and it was the word that of, about violence and that the enemy is going to try to incite violence like we have never seen before. And I want to talk about that in the natural just for a moment, but immediately move that to the Spirit. So one of the things that came to my heart as the Lord spoke that to me is I remembered Matthew 24, verse 36, when Jesus is talking about when he comes back, when he returns, that it's going to have similarities as it was in the days of Noah. Matthew 24, verse 36, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be, uh, so it shall be also at the coming of the Son of Man. That was coming out of the mouth of Jesus. He's the one that said that. And one of the things that if you look in the days of Noah, there are certain things that highlight that. I won't go into the Nephilim and stuff. But anyway, but, okay. But one of the things that is very much highlighting the days of Noah, is that it says in Genesis chapter 6 verse 11 that the earth was corrupt. How many think there might be a little bit of corruption going on on the earth right now? You know, uh, it's happening all over the earth. I, I mean, I know that we try to just kind of hum on our merry way, but I know there's been corruption in our nation and in our government in the past, but it is blatant now. It is right in your face, and we are supposed to just not even recognize it or see it. Corruption is everywhere. And then out of that corruption, then what is produced is an atmosphere that it says that corruption was in the sight of God, and it was full, uh, full the word full don't come out very well, full, it was full of violence. The earth was filled with violence. Now, one of the things that we've seen over the last several years, the last, you know, especially the last, you know, three or four years, is we've seen an increase of violence on the earth. 
I was just, we were talking about that before church today. One of the most dangerous cities in the world is Baltimore, Maryland. One of the most dangerous cities in the world. I, I, God will have to tell me to go there. I'm going to go there. Because in Maryland, you're not allowed to pack. Anyway, so it, the, the, it, it, there's violence that is, you know, sweeping the earth. It, it's sad. Um, often, I, when I went to uh, Iraq last year, for about, you know, seven, eight days, I felt safer there than I did in a lot of cities that I've been in in America. And, and that's where we're at. And so violence is increasing. You know, a lot of us are very blessed, especially now that we live where we do live. But if you watch the news every day, you're seeing even violence increase around even our small area that we live in. I was just talking to a, a, a lady that was in bereavement counseling with me a week or so ago, and she was talking about her son that they, you know, they split him from ear to ear and threw him in the, in the river and they fished him out here in Fairmont. That's people in our neighborhoods, people that we know that are seeing this violence increase. But what we must recognize more than anything, let me, just, let me just go to the next slide, is one of the things the Lord dropped in my spirit, and I say this, not, I'm telling you, you, if, you don't, if you think that I'm crazy or you missed it, Todd, whatever, then throw it away. I'm, I'm completely fine with that. But when I feel like something was so heavy on me by the Spirit of God that I like very specific, very precisely that the Holy Spirit spoke this to me, that we are, in, we are going to enter a year that the enemy is going to try to, to incite violence like we've never seen before, especially in our lifetime. Maybe some of you back in the 60s and some of that time, you've seen a lot of that already happen. But that, and what you have to understand, it is the work of the enemy that is accomplishing this and trying to incite this. Anything in the natural that we see has spiritual origin. And what we have to understand, it has a demonic origin. Yes, we can blame, you know, you know groups of people and, and ideas and, and, you know, gangs and all these things in the natural. I understand all there is some ramifications of that, but that's really not the main issue. The main issue is the devil has come to kill, steal, and destroy. That he is working and we are in a war. And the reality is so often that Christians do not want to recognize the spiritual warfare that they're faced with every single day of their life. And he can manifest, the enemy will manifest that in so many different ways. But we are in a war. I, I was thinking about this, you know, I don't even, came out of nowhere. I was thinking about this this morning. It was in 1815 that in what we know as Belgium now, is where the Battle of Waterloo happened. I think it was June 18, 1815, the Battle of Waterloo. And Wellington was, you know, a British soldier with armies from Britain there, and they were attacking the, the French the, in, in Napoleon's army as it came up. And there was a miscommunication that came back from Waterloo to Napoleon, and he, he interpreted the communication was the battle was won, and the real message was the battle is on. And so he sent no, no, you know, no army. He sent and send the rest of the army. And because of the loss of Waterloo, it led to the downfall of Napoleon. 
And the reality is there's a dual thing that I felt like the Spirit of the Lord said to me when I was thinking about that. There is one fact, there's one truth, is standing in the, the knowledge that yes, the battle is won, but also the battle is on. Now, I, I don't know if I, there is something came alive in me as I sitting over there, you see me looking something up, is that I felt like the Lord said that there's a dual-edged thing that's going on in our lives and understanding this in the realm of the Spirit, one part of it is to rest in the confidence and faith and understanding that the battle is won. But there also is the reality of the day-to-day to understand the battle is still on and I can't let my guard down and I have to always be ready to engage the enemy. And so the reality of this is a lot of people, if what is happening in the church right now is that because of the anger of that it is coming against the people of God, that it can turn into something that becomes more of a natural thing than a spiritual. Now, I do believe, you know, some of you maybe see people have t-shirts says Luke twenty two thirty six, and you have no idea why they have it. Well, it's the reason that they use some of you smile because you know that why they're allowed to carry a weapon because Jesus said, go and sell your cloak and buy a sword. Now, I... There isn't going to be too many people you find that's more 2A, that means Second Amendment, um, you, know, you know, I'm for it. You're not going to find too many people more for it than me. But one of the realities is, is we must understand that often the enemy is wanting us to turn our understanding of, of, the, of the war that we're in to the natural because he will bring defeat to us. Same thing that happened with Peter when they were in the garden. And the soldiers were coming to take Jesus. And Peter pulls out his sword. And he goes and he slices off the soldier, his ear. Now I want you to know, it was not because he was such a great shot and hit an ear. It was because he missed. He wasn't aiming for an ear. What did the Lord do? The Lord healed that ear. One of the great things as I studied this years ago is that person who, that soldier that had his ear uh, healed was a part of the early church in the book of Acts. He was a part of the move of God in the early church. He's seen the power of God. Why? Because the warfare that Jesus was, was accomplishing was bringing greater fruit than anything we could do in the natural. Jesus said then to Peter, he said, if you live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. He was saying to him, if you look at this as a natural battle, as a natural fight, you're going to lose it. You've got to understand it's not a natural thing right now. It is a spiritual thing. Now, the reality of that is natural and spiritual are going to meet together when Jesus splits the sky, but we're not there yet. Okay? That's a whole other sermon. But that's coming. But one of the things that really struck me was... Matthew chapter 5, it says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Why? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Later in that same chapter, it says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you, 
that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do, you not, do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than those than the others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. And what he's saying to you is that loving those that in the natural there should be, it should demand, in, in a natural understanding, there should be a demanded response that would be a response of, of you know, whether if you criticize me, I'm going to criticize you. If you strike me, I'm going to strike you. I'm going to repay you an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth because that's what the Bible said. But that was old covenant. There's a new and a better covenant. And what you must understand is Jesus has given us the very picture of what warfare looks like in the kingdom because it doesn't look like it does in the natural. The warfare of the kingdom is to love those that hate you. That doesn't seem like, you know, fits in the natural, but in the, in, the, in the realm of the kingdom, when someone hates you, how do you combat against that? You make it your determination that you're going to love them. When they speak evil against you, what are you going to do? You're going to turn that in the realm of the spirit, you're going to bless them. What does the enemy want you to do? The enemy wants you to play his game. Don't play his game. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. Don't play his game. Why? Because he will bring destruction to you. When you don't, when you make a decision, I'm not playing your game, devil. I'm going to love. I'm going to, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to shower blessings instead of curses. What happens? You are warfaring. You're releasing the kingdom of God in the situation. One of the things that just changed my life years ago, uh, Graham Cook came to one of my friend's church in Idaho, and he taught on how that the fruit of the Spirit were the greatest weapons that we have of our warfare. And that when we look at, when we think about the power of God, we think, you know, the, the gifts of the Spirit, I'm going to prophesy and release faith, and that's all wonderful, but we don't think about gentleness, self-control, you know, peace, all the, when we do those things, we're releasing the power of the kingdom of God into those situations, and folks, what you have to understand is we don't fight the war like the enemy does, and we are in a war, but we have different weapons. Now, Jesus said this in, in Matthew chapter 11. He said, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. From the time of John the Baptist, or from, from the prophets to John, there's a war that was going on that Jesus talked about. Ultimately, it's a spiritual warfare. Revelation chapter 12 said there's a war that broke out in heaven. Now, in one way, that is a real war, but in another way, it's not, a, it's not in this dimension, it's in, it's in a spiritual, it's in the spiritual dimension, which is more real than this one, right? This is a temporary one. There, that's an eternal one. And there, there was a war that broke out. And what we must understand is that Jesus, what, what I, I know I've known this, but when I read it and was studying for this, it really broke through to my heart, is Jesus is saying this, is that the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, 
But what he was saying is divided, is, come by, is going to take it by force. What he's saying is he's come to do violence against the enemy. That was the work of Jesus, why he came to the earth, why he died on the cross, why he was buried, why he rose again, and why he ascended to heaven. It was because he was doing the war for us on our behalf. And, th- and that's why the dual-edged thing, when I was reading it, I get it. The war is won. Even though the war is on, the war is won. I, I, we, Pastor was singing that song a little bit ago. I was thinking, like, I want a T-shirt that says, I know the end of the story. Just to people go, like, what's that mean? And then, you know, man, that's going to open up some good testimony, you know. I know the end of the story. We win, right? And so it's living in that reality and that tension And one of the things that we learned this in Cleansing Stream from the book of Psalms is I hate them with a perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Is that when you understand the context of that, we're talking about the kingdom of darkness. You know, you're not allowed to hate people, but you can hate the devil all day. You can hate the, the, the realm of darkness, demons. You can hate them all day. He gives you permission to hate you. And so we live not in a hatred for people, but in a hatred of what the enemy has done in the lives of people. Even the ones that are hurting you hate what the enemy has done in them that's causing them to act that way and treat you that way. It'll give you a compassion for them, but also a warfare against the enemy that's against them. Then Jesus says, after he's died and been buried and rose again, he's about ready to ascend to the Father He says in Matthew chapter 28, what we know as the Great Commission, he says all authority. How much authority? All authority, Jesus said, has been given unto me in heaven and earth. And then in the context of the way that this is put, in in, in the way this, this sentence is arranged, is he saying, go therefore. It's been given to me. He's almost like handed. You take it. Go therefore into all the world. To do what? To preach the gospel, the good news, baptizing people, going to all the nations, make disciples. What you have to understand and go, what does that have to do with warfare? The enemy does not. The number one thing he don't want you to do is make disciples. Even if you can get a few people saved, as long as you don't get them, you don't, you know, that's one thing. Get them saved, but don't get them discipled. Why? Because they're going to be damaged to his kingdom. He's not... He's not even worried about a lot of times the nominal Christian, though he would like to get them back in his kingdom. But what he understands, if if Jesus begins to make disciples of people, they will begin to do havoc against his kingdom. And that's why, you know, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. They're not fleshly. They're not of the natural. They're not carnal. They're not about you getting in a fist fight. I'm ready to do damage against the enemy. It's not about natural things. It's about the power of God's spirit. And, And the weapons of our warfare actually make no sense to your natural brain. No sense. That's why in the Bible, they, there was simple obedience that, that released the power of God in warfare to take place. Do you know, I, I've seen this all my life in ministry, is God, God tells me to do something. I'm going like, God, that's really stupid. And I'll look really dumb. And, and, 
and in that place of obedience, okay, God, I'll do it. And God does extraordinary things by our simple acts of obedience. Do you understand that even the idea of worship makes no sense to your natural brain, but sometimes a dance can break hell's power. Sometimes just lifting your hand, hands to the Lord can break off things that the enemy's trying to do. Why? Because the simple warfare things have to do with obedience of our heart in responding to the Lord. Not, it's not even about me putting up my hands. It's about my response of my heart to the Lord. And the Lord brings his kingdom as I respond in obedience. And when I respond in obedience to him and his kingdom, he releases that and powers of darkness fall off. You, you look at way God delivered people and healed people in the Bible. It makes no sense to the natural. You can ask any doctor. Mud doesn't make blind eyes open. Dipping in a muddy river doesn't make you lose leprosy. But what does God do? God uses the foolish things to com- confound. That word don't come out very. Confound the wise. <laughs> if anybody can be, you know. But anyway. He, he uses the simple things in our obedience to him. And I, I say this in all sincerity, that we live in a time, it is so, I believe that one of the most important gifts of the Holy Spirit in our lives right now is, is the gift of discernment. To walk in these days. I mean, I feel like everything I, sh- I, I want to be, even in the natural, so, I mean, I feel like in a lot of ways, I have a lot of my colleagues and peers that are going like, what are you doing? You, you, you're moving to West, what are you doing? I, and I say, I, I'm just doing what God told me to do. I don't even know what it means. You know, I had all these ideas because I had to come up with something to tell people, what are you moving to West Virginia for? Well, I'll come. And so, and then, you know, you realize, like, you should just keep your mouth shut, Todd. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, because all you can do is share with what God said. And if he doesn't give any more to him, it's all I got so far. You know, I'm waiting for more instructions from, from on high, right? And, and, and so, we are in a time, and I... I say this with great humility and great, you need to listen to the Holy Spirit like you never have before. Be where you're supposed to be. Do what you're supposed to do. I mean, it, I'm, I mean, it's simple things. It, it, I mean, if, if you feel like the Lord's told you to pull off the side of the road, pull off the side of the road. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because of all the things that hell is going to be releasing in these days, that we can be maneuvered like a chess piece by God to be in the right place at the right time for the right reason. And, and there's going to be things that we are going to be protected from, shielded from. And that doesn't mean anything. That, I mean, like I said about Baltimore, if God tells me to go to Baltimore, here we go. You know, I'm, I'm, we do what God tells us to do. We're not making a plan by what we think is dangerous and not dangerous. But I'm just telling you, every moment of your life, be you know, directed by the, the Lord. Why? Because the enemy is trying to incite violence. And when we are in the place where the Holy Spirit wants us to be, in the middle of his will is his protection. And so... This is the Apostle Paul, he says, to the church Ephesus. His final word, this is a New Living Translation. A final word, be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. 
For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Man, I just, I almost want to just say like this is a prophetic word to us from the Lord. Then after the battle, you'll still be standing firm. Stand your ground. Put on the, the belt of truth, the body armor of God's righteousness for the shoes to put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the, the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in all your prayers for all believers everywhere. We don't have time to do this in depth, but real quick, let's go through. Number one, put on the belt of truth. The truth is what's going to hold up your pants in this hour. Stay, don't, don't, de- don't deviate from the truth. Don't compromise the truth. Yes, love people, but don't go uh, along with the rest of the stream of the church in America that is letting the truth fall away. Because when they let the truth fall away, their pants fall down. Next one is that put on the, the, the body armor of righteousness. And the, those of you that learned it back in the King James days, the, the breastplate of righteousness that comes from knowing who you are in the Lord and the work of his righteousness in our life that guards our heart. Put on the, the shoes of peace. I, I love this picture. The shoes of the gospel of peace ready to share the good news. So we're going. I've got the gospel of peace that's bringing peace in the situations where the enemy's trying to bring violence and I'm going to share the good news in the midst of that. That I'm going to hold up the shield of faith that is going to block the flaming darts of the enemy that he's going to throw at us in the evil day. Put on the helmet of, of salvation that guards your mind, your thoughts, everything the enemy is going to do to try to attack your thinking. It is so important that your mind is guarded. Taking up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and releasing it against the powers of darkness, knowing the Word, hiding the Word, putting it in your heart, and bringing it out your mouth in the situations like Jesus did when Satan tempted him every time he responded how we are to respond. He responded by the Word of God. Praying in the Spirit. We're very much about that around here, but that's something that's so important. When we feel threatened, when we feel like we're in a situation, began to pray in the Spirit. And then he said, finally, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Stay alert. Man, it's so important. It's one of the things that when you're a soldier, they teach you very adamantly when you're in war that you can't let your guard down. You can't, stay, you can't not be observant. Stay alert. Be watchful. Listening. And we got to do that in a spiritual sense. And that we're praying all the time and we're praying for others. Why? Because when we pray for others, God will meet our needs. You stand up with me. We'll make a, a declaration. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just shut your eyes for a moment. Lord, I just pray that as we make this declaration today, that we understand the fruit of our lips, the words of our mouth. That we're not just saying words, we're declaring, we're making declaration because we believe it in our heart, God. In Jesus' name, amen.
Let's say it together. I am a warrior for Christ. God has equipped me to lead a warrior's life. I do not have to cower in fear or be anxious of the future. God is my king, my commanding officer. I can show up to the battle lines ready for war. I do that by walking in the full armor of God. I will walk confidently in my God-given authority. There is no need for me to shrink back, no need to apologize. It's time for war, and I'm ready. Your warrior prepares for battle. Let's do it again. Clear. Satan, by putting on the whole armor of God, I put on the girdle of truth. May I stand firm in the truth of your word so I will not be a victim of Satan's lies. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. May it guard my heart from evil so I remain pure and holy, protected under the blood of Jesus Christ. I put on the shoes of peace. May I stand firm in the good news of the gospel so your peace will shine through me and be a light to all I encounter. I stake the shield of faith. May I be ready for Satan's fiery darts of doubt, denial, and deceit so I will not be vulnerable to spiritual defeat. I put on the helmet of salvation. I keep my mind focused on you so Satan will not have stronghold on my thoughts. I take the sword of the Spirit. May the two-edged sword of your word be ready in my hands so I can expose the tempting words of Satan. By faith, your warriors put on the whole armor of God. I am prepared to live this day in spiritual victory in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 That's all I that's all I got. <laughs> Clap your hands, all you people. Shout into God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah! 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 Jesus has risen from the dead and defeated death. Praise the Lord. Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you for the shield that you put upon our life. We thank you, Father, for life in Christ Jesus. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. We praise you for the love that motivated your coming. We give ourselves to you completely. We will not be foolish like the virgins that ran out of oil. We will be loaded up. Coming for you, looking for you, seeking for you, doing the business of the Father. We praise you, Lord. We thank you for as such a time as this. We don't have to be asleep at the wheel. We don't have to be destroyed because we have no sense. But we can be spiritually attuned and walk in you. Now, Lord, we thank you for this. Just go ahead and say uh, we've affirmed it really strongly. Let's say, I want to lead you in another prayer. Father, forgive me for every place I've lacked attentiveness to you. It is my desire to link my heart to you and not walk in the world and not sow to the flesh and not be tricked by the devil. It is my desire to live in the life-giving voice of Jesus. 
to hear you speak to me daily. Now let's go ahead and praise the Lord for that. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. I want to deeply affirm, deeply affirm a couple of things from this message. Number one, the violence will increase. But those who are close to the Lord will have a peace that you can't imagine. There's going to be a grace given. There is a grace given to us. It is a grace, as he's preached, to be a blessing, to speak blessing, to not recoil, but to stand your ground in the character and nature of Jesus Christ. Those who will win will be those who allow the character of Jesus be developed and formed within them. So it's not time for petty um, offenses. Dear God, <laughs> dear God, it's not time for that. It's not time for being hoodwinked by foolishness. We are going to be a, we're going to build a community in faith stronger than we've ever had before here. We're going to link arms. We're going to walk in the spirit. We're going to do things practically and spiritually to prepare for what's coming. Are you with me? We're going to be those who, with deep conviction, listen, there is a warfare that's won just by standing before the Lord and worshiping him. There's an amazing warfare. He releases power and does things. I have been in so many prayer times where the Lord just shifted it into worship. And when we worship Him, it's like suddenly every single thing has come under dominion of God. That's so important. Don't be hoodwinked and led astray and just get on your mind and be trying to figure out in the flesh. Become spiritually minded. Have the same mind that Jesus has. Can you feel the weight of what's going on? This word is so powerful. It's so precious and so timely. And we're going to walk in this together. Amen? And I want to just say, if the Lord has been tugging at you and talking to you about a certain area of your life, this is our new strategy now. We have an altar. It's amazing. It's amazing. How many of you have already had God touch you when you come down here? You come down here and suddenly you get up and a shackle is broken. You get up and a weight is gone. You get up and you feel a freedom that you didn't have before. You get up and you sense, you sense marching orders from Jesus. You have an, a, re, a reassurance of things that you didn't have before simply because you came and, and kneeled before his throne and kneeled before him. He is incredible. Of course you can do it at home. But God, is His presence is here because we worship and love Him. Because we pray and because we praise Him. He's here. Now, we're dismissed. But if you want to just come and spend a little more time, we're not going to push, push that away. We're going to invite that. Amen?